Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to another edition of Vacation Races and Friends. We are talking Mount Rainier inaugural half marathon. Lyle Anderson, race director, is in with me today. I'm calling your race announcer. First things first, if you have never been to a Vacation Races event, please stop right here. Just press pause. Go back into our podcast list and go find our welcome, kind of that first timers welcome podcast. We have one and that's going to introduce you to everything vacation races and then come back if you're doing Mount Rainier with us and listen to the specifics about this course and about this race guide because that's what we're going to dive into today. What's fueling your race? Is nature powering your run? Nature's sunshine puts the power of nature into your hands with world-class herbs and supplements, protein powders, and active nutrition formulas designed to keep you healthy for the long haul. With nearly 50 years of expertise and an impeccable reputation for excellence in the natural health industry, we're proud to partner with Vacation Races to offer you 15% off your order. Just use promo code NSPVR at checkout. That's NSPVR. Live better, climb higher, dream bigger, dig deeper, and power your game with the power of nature at naturesunshine.com. So, Lyle, Washington State. This is our first time in the Pacific Northwest. I almost gave a big woohoo while you were in the middle of your opening spiel there when oh. you said Mount Rainier Half Marathon. I know. Well, you're super, excited about super this. Super excited about it. Because you've got some history in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah. You guys, this is where I'm from. This is my this is my uh, my heritage here. I'm I'm a I'm a born and raised Washingtonian. So um I've actually been wanting to bring a race up to Washington since since we started back in 2013. So super excited. But uh, you know, obviously there's been things that have kind of gotten in the way of that. So but here, we, here are. we are. Here we are. Inaugural Mount Rainier. So before we get into like the schedule and everything, let's just jump into the course. I want you to tell me about the course. I have never been. We went to Mount Rainier. Okay. So I, I have to qualify never been. We were up in Washington doing a an Ironman. I was doing a 70.3 Ironman up Lake there. Stevens. Lake Stevens. Yeah. I don't think they have it anymore. No, they don't. But I remember when, I remember the year you did that because yeah. it rained on you. It poured for 56 miles of the bike course and it was like a really technical bike course because things are so hilly Yeah, I remember there. you saying that like people were wrecking oh, on their bikes. all over the place. Bad. And I hate riding in the rain. I hate descending. It was like the worst case scenario for me. <laughs> but luckily I was still able to snag a little world championship uh, qualification oh, yeah. and be able to go. But that was when it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. Yeah. But the thing is, is I finished like Stevens and then my husband's like, I want to go see Mount Rainier. He's like, we're going to drive the long way, which is never good when you're driving from Washington to Utah because it's already a long way. Right. So he's like, we were up in Everett. So we were on the north side of okay. Seattle. And so we had to come down and we went to go see Mount Rainier. Both. It was me and a friend who had just raced. We had raced like that day. My husband's like, we're going to go tonight and we're going to make it as far as we can, but we're going to stop by Mount Rainier. We get over to this overlook of Mount Rainier. It is socked in with so many clouds. You can't see anything. And you I guys, looked at him guys, and I was like. That's, that's why we're doing the race in July. I hate to tell you this. It was July. 
Was but it? <laughs> it was July when we were there for Lake Stevens. Well, no, there's no guarantee. There's, but, hey, it is the Pacific Northwest. But it is, but it is our best opportunity to have good weather. Yes, so and I hope so. It. So I always give my husband a hard time because we were so tired and he made us drive by this mountain and we could not even see it. So you've never seen it? Well, I've seen it from the air because I've flown into yeah, yeah, Seattle. Yeah. I flew into Seattle um, I went up with Sherry Santiago, right, right. Anna Basso. Oh, you guys did that ultra. Yeah, there. we went up and did Chuckanut up there in, um, uh, that's on the north side yeah. as well. A beautiful, beautiful course. But as we flew in, it was like a bluebird day and you could see oh, nice. all of Mount Rainier. Nice. So I have seen it from the, from the air, you. but I've never been to the national park. I'm excited. You're really excited because you're going to try to summit Mount Rainier yeah, when you're there. Yeah, me and, uh, me and Dane and Brett. And Amy from Wonder Project, yeah, and her husband Dan. Dan. We're, we're we're climbing. Dan the so. man. He's amazing. Dan is the man. I tell you what, he, he really is. He he really has me uh, very reassured that uh, we're in good hands. Good. So. And I was just looking today. There's actually three summits to Mount Rainier. Did you know this? I I know there's I know there's a I know of two. What's yeah, the there, third one? There's three. Well, there's just three different summits around that that caldera that's up at the top, or like yeah. the cone that's up at the yeah. top, because it is a volcano, Mount Rainier. Right. Right. Classified is really an active volcano. Mm-hmm. Think Mount St. Helens. That's kind of what we got with Mount Rainier, yeah. hence its shape. But yeah, the the rim of that whole cone has some different points. 14.4 is the tallest peak. Yeah. And then there's like 14.1. And then there was just under like just 14.11 or something. And so there's three peaks up there. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah I know that when we come, we're coming up Disappointment Cleaver. That's the route we're climbing up. And when you get there, you still have to, you still have to come up through the caldera to yeah. get to the actual summit. Very cool. Very um, cool. I can't wait to see your pictures. It's going to be I know. Great. I'm excited. I'm excited. excited as well. And hopefully you guys are excited to come to the Pacific Northwest with us. This is going to be a great race. Let's kind of talk through the schedule here first, Lyle, and how this is going to work. People are going to be showing up. We've got bib pickup. drive through, drive through, and walk-up. Okay, great. So we'll be able to accommodate both. Uh, as far as, as far as if you want to get out and shop, we'll have our merchandise tent set up there that can, uh, you can get out and, and shop our race merchandise and walk over to the uh, bib pickup tent and pick up your bib. Or you can just, if you don't want to take the time to do that, you can just stay in your car, drive through the, uh, the drive through loop and, uh, and we'll give it to you through your car window. So you don't and we've been up. doing this. I mean, we're, we're just coming back as we're recording this. We're just coming off of a big June where we, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, actually the end of May since Memorial day, yeah. it's been, it's been a big thing, but we've been doing a lot of these drive through slash walk up bib pickups. They're working really well. Yeah. Uh, what time's the bib pickup on Friday going to start? 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. Go and till the, the, it'll go till seven. Okay. Uh, and, and there'll be a slight change in the printed race guide okay it'll be the digital copy will be correct so the copy that you're getting in this email that's coming with this audio podcast um that that version is going to be correct so it'll it'll and you probably indicate. won't get the printed vi- version until you're so at you the get, expo so you anyway. get to the expo so but, it's not gonna but in the printed expo it's going to say nine to seven yeah. which we're just going to be starting to get things set up at nine. So Great. So 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. And where's the location for bib pickup? Where are we talking about? Ashford County Park okay. in Ashford, Washington. So that's actually also going to be our finish line for the race. Great. So there is uh, there is going to be, you know, some parking there at the park. So like I said, if you wanted to walk up and do some shopping, you can park your car and just walk up um, to the uh, to the merchandise tent and uh, and also walk over to the bib pickup. Or you can just stay in your car, drive through the, the loop, it just loops right through the park there and then just and just don't even have to get out of your car. About how far is um, Ashford from maybe Seattle, Tacoma 
airport, things like that? Uh, it's about so what it tells you and what it is. I mean, it really <laughs> depends on on traffic. Traffic, but for like, sure. But like every time I've gone there, I, I want to say it tells me it's like an hour and fifteen minute drive. Okay. And I, I think that's that's from the Seattle airport. Okay. Um. So that's probably pretty accurate. Because Seattle airport's more on the southern side of Seattle. It's on the Tacoma side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they call it the SeaTac the airport. SeaTac airport. Yeah. We we got to get with all the lingo yeah, if yeah. we're gonna go. SeaTac. Okay. So if you're flying in there. Just plan for a little drive over there to Ashford. And of course, the Ashford County Park is where we're going to be. Right. So, right. And that's, right. and like I said, that's also where the finish line is going to be. And the parking that we're going to be utilizing and also the starting line is going to be directly across the street from Ashford County Park. So there's going to be a big field across the street. And that's where the parking and starting line is going to be on race morning. Great. So if you find your way to bib pickup, you know how to find your way back in the morning. Exactly. Okay. It's going to be super easy. So drive through or you can walk up with bib pickup. It's going to be really, really easy as far as that goes. One thing that helps out with bib pickup is in your email, you're going to get a little QR code. And we can scan that QR code and be really fast at bib pickup. So if you get that in your email, just make sure to download it ahead of time so we have that. Right. And we right. can make it really easy for everybody coming in to... Yeah, how many racers are we looking at? We'll be expecting about fifteen hundred. Great. Yeah, That's gonna be great. which is really good for our first year race. Uh, I know that when we first opened up registration, uh, there was still some uncertainty with with COVID and everything, and um, so purposely we we didn't want this to be a huge race the first year, so we've we've kind of the numbers a little bit lower for this but i think year. that's a that's a great number it, it is, really yeah. is it's, yeah. it's a good number and i think you're gonna we don't want to bite off more we can choose yeah. the first year too, well so. you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're at a good race but we're also going to be able to manage it as well right and so let's talk through you know how this is going to work on saturday morning you said the parking for the actual event just across the street so right. really easy to find and how is the start going to be we're still not back to that mass start As far as what we're used to, maybe pre-COVID, we're still in this rolling start. So how is that going to work and how do we know when to start? So in the race guide, uh, you'll be able to see the schedule for for the wave assignments and stuff. So everybody's going to be assigned a wave and that wave is based on your estimated finish time. So when you registered, you plugged in your estimated finish time, which uh, gives you an assigned wave that that you're going to be assigned to. So... Based on whatever wave you're in, you'll have an assigned time to park and an assigned start time. So, like, for example, the blue wave, we're going to be starting first. A lot of our other races, we've accommodated some of the dark green wave uh, starting first. And for this one, we can't do that just because we're starting in the shoulder of the highway and there's just not room for you know, people to pass that first within that first mile. So, but of the, course, walkers, you still have four hours to still have four hours yeah, from yeah. the last finisher to start. Right. You've got four hours. That clock doesn't start ticking until then. And so, yeah. you know, we can, we'll be able to accommodate everyone who wants right, to walk. Right. So. so, but, but also because of how tight the shoulder is, um, for that first mile, we really need everybody to really stick to their assigned waves because, if we do get walkers starting with the blue wave, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat, then it obviously creates problems if people are being forced into the highway to try and pass them. Yeah. So we want to keep all the runners safe, but we also want to make sure that everybody has a good experience and nobody's. So expect a choke down start line mm-hmm. as well. I yeah. mean, we're going to only yeah. have to 
let one or two people <clears throat> go at a time. It's not going to be big groups of people. You're not right. going to be able to run three and four abreast. Right. So just keep that in mind. D- at least for the first mile. Once yeah. you get once you get off of the the main highway and you're running and you're running on the on the gravel roads, then by it's all means, great. Yeah. run three, four abreast. I don't care. Yeah. But like, but when you're in those tight shoulders and stuff on the highway, then uh, then we definitely need everybody to to stick within the space that we're. Right. That we're allowed. So your little warm up there. Yep. So so the blue wave, let's talk about them. They're going to be our first wave out. They're our competitive wave. So anybody yep. who's really a competitive runner who's going for those overall awards and master's awards, things like that, uh, we're going to run those off of gun time. So you Correct. need to start right up front. Right. So we'll call all of those competitive runners up to the front of the blue wave. Everybody else, though, chip time, right? Everybody else will be based on chip time. Team okay. awards and age group awards will all be based off of chip time. So. Yeah, it's just that overall in Masters, uh, we want to make sure that we have them all, you know, racing against well, each other. Well, it's kind so. of fun to let them compete right, as well. Right. And and they like to know who they're competing against right. and, and everything. So they'll be in the blue wave and then um, we'll go on to the other waves. And and like I said, sometimes people are like, oh, can I move waves? I'm I'm with my brother and we drove the same car. And can we? So what's that scenario like? So normally, and and I mean, like, Again, I'll just reiterate, like we aren't going to police it, so we'll be as accommodating as we can. But just keep in mind that if you're in the dark green wave and you decide you want to start with the dark blue wave first, it it does create some huge congestion problems in an already tight shoulder that we're trying to run through. So it creates an unsafe environment for all the runners that are trying to pass anybody in that dark green wave that decides to start early. So for their safety and for everybody else's safety, we just ask you to try and stick with the wave that you're assigned. And who really likes the sharp elbows of those no, really no. skinny, fast guys? Exactly. I mean, nobody likes that. Exactly. So, so we'll 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 be able to. Don't worry if you are going to walk. Don't worry about that. You're you're going to be just fine. You're going to have that four hours. Right. So don't feel anxious as far as that goes. If you do have any questions, just come and talk to us at Bib Pickup, and we'll navigate you through that. Um, so. We've got this open rolling start. It's going to be between basically 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Correct. So kind of a two-hour window. When you get there, you're just going to be able to have your hot chocolate, hot coffee, go to the bathroom, drop off your gear bag, and then head out on the course right. whenever you're ready. It's not right. going to be a hard start. Yeah, I think that I think that the the main thing just to keep in mind is there's not going to be like a lot of pressure to to start right when when you know we're telling you that your wave is starting. Like you can hang back, go to use the bathroom or whatever. Um, but, but it is kind of a more relaxed and laid back starting. Which I, I love as a racer. I love that where you don't feel like you're like waiting and then the gun goes off and you're trying to run and you can't run because you're with a whole bunch of people. This really just kind of makes it a little lower. Your time starts once you're, once you cross that starting mat. So it doesn't, you know, it's chip time for everybody that's not going for overall or masters. It doesn't really matter. Let's talk pacers. We got beast pacing coming. Right. And how are the pacers going to work within these waves? So if I want to run with the two-hour pacer, what? How do I find them? What do I expect from that? So they'll have they'll have our big wave signs that they'll be holding up to try and like you know corral basically people in. corral everybody. But also um, they're going to be starting every fifteen minutes basically. So if you look at the uh, in the race guide on page five, uh, I think it's on page six too. But on page five, there's a, kind of a schedule showing the open rolling start. So like. The, the blue wave starts at 6, the light green wave starts at 6.15, orange is at 6.30, and then so on and so forth, 6.45, 7, 7.15. So you got about a 15-minute break between them. And so okay. like what we did at Glacier, which worked really good because with an open rolling start, 
it makes it, you know, we tend to get ahead of schedule. At sure, times. sure. And so when you get ahead of schedule, it makes it really easy to be like, well, let's just get everybody started. But right. we want to also stick to the schedule that's in the race guide. We want to say, no, we're going to start this wave at this time and this wave at this time. So since it's an open rolling start, you know, really you can, you can start anytime within that, that time period. So, but what we're going to do with the pacers is have them start exactly at those designated okay, times. Okay, great. So, so if you're looking for that two hour yep. pacer, line up with them, they're going to start in their appropriate wave right. for their projected finish At that, at that okay. appropriate time that's great. in the race guide. So. Okay. And it did, it worked really well at Glacier. Right. It, it didn't, it, right. it wasn't overcrowded at the finish line and everything like right. that. So it, it right. did work really well. So if we all stick to our wave colors and stick to our parking times and to our start times, everything's really going to just roll right. kind of nicely. Right. What about weather? What do we expect for weather? I mean, we're in the Pacific Northwest. It could rain. It could. At it any, could. I always tell my kids, if you're in a place that has a lot of trees and it's green, your chances of getting rain are pretty high because oh, that's yeah. why it's green. That's why it's that's, beautiful. That's why, that's why we're there. Yeah. And so um, probably pack and pack a little bit of rain gear just in case. But I mean, it would not be a bad recommendation. Yeah. To plan for wet weather. Yeah. But hope for no weather. Hope so. for no weather. It's been it's been really nice. So my my uh, sister in law and brother in law uh, they live up there in Washington right now, and so they've been telling me it's actually been really warm. They've yeah, been, my uh, in laws live in Gig Harbor. It was like a hundred and five hundred and six or something in Gig Harbor the no other day, kidding. which is just over the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Yeah. And my mother in law, she's like, I watered the plants every two hours, and I thought. I feel like that's a little overkill, but it was only two days that it was hot like oh, that. Wow. And then things cooled back down. Yikes. So most people don't have air conditionings up there it's because true. they don't need it. Yeah. So true. generally really mild mornings, but it would not be out of context for it to rain no, if no, we were there. So no. just know that that's a possibility. Yeah. But I, what I do love up there is the trails, the roads, things don't get around here. We live in the desert right? and things get muddy and nasty when it rains because we never get any rain. But the, but the mud has a different consistency. Totally different up it's there. It's clay here. It's right. like slimy, sticky. Up there, it's like this soft, like... Compost. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's like compost. I, I, the trail race that we did, it was quite wet that day right. and the, everything was quite wet. I'm like, this was the spongiest, nicest surface yeah. I have ever run on in my right. life. Yeah. So it really is quite nice. It's all just wet organic matter. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> so it's uh it, it's not it's not going to be too bad. So plan plan on weather like that, and we'll get y'all started on that rolling start. Let's talk about the course. As far as you're concerned, you know, I I saw on the website that we're starting to rate these courses as like easier, moderate, more difficult things like that. Where does this one fall? I would say it's moderate. Okay. I mean, there is a bit of climbing that you're going to, once you get off the highway, you're going to run across the Nisqually River, uh, which is where you're going to get your first glimpse of Rainier, by the way. Nice. Um, but it's going to be kind of like behind your shoulder. So as you as you cross the bridge, you're going to have to kind of look back uh, over your left shoulder a little bit to see it. But uh, but then you're going to be climbing up this, this gravel road for the next little bit. And uh, so it's not an easy climb, but it's also not, super challenging and then when you get up top there it's it kind of flattens out for a little while um we do have a creek crossing right around mile seven that uh, we actually are going to be building a bridge for nice. everybody to run across i was like do we get to just go straight through yeah, the creek no, we're, like western state style you'll have a rope we're, for us? we're building we're building a bridge it's gonna nice. be really fun so when i was out there originally scouting the course out like there was a fair amount of water because it was in the winter time. Yeah. But they said, yeah, by July, it'll be a, a pretty slow taper like, pretty, off. Pretty low trickle coming through there. 
they did have a pretty wet winter this year, so I don't I don't know that it'll be a low trickle, but either way, we're going to build a bridge there so that you guys have a safe way to get across. Them Look at that. Way. Our operations people, they don't just put out grade eight stations. They can build bridges. Oh, wait, too. man. We're, we're, we're not messing around. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see I you I just guys ordered some grip tape, you know, that you put on your oh, skateboard yeah, so yeah. that it's nice and grippy. So that oh, it's if not it gets, slick or if anything? If it gets wet, you're not going to slip and fall. And Look at so. that. All right. They're going to build a bridge just for you guys so your yeah. feet don't get wet. Take lots of pictures of the bridge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then post it up and thank our operations team and thank them for building you guys a bridge, bridge so you didn't have to do that. Nerding out on data, perfecting the optimal training and nutrition plan, aiming for progression in PRs. Sound like you? Well, Gnarly Nutrition can relate. Featuring a full line of honest sports nutrition products, Gnarly provides the best nutrition possible for all types of mountain athletes. Because they offer great tasting and reputable products, Vacation Races trust Gnarly to be the on-course hydration sponsor. With the low-calorie, high-electrolyte Gnarly Hydrate for shorter races and the calorie, electrolyte, and amino acid-filled Gnarly Fuel 2.0 for longer races. Gnarly is here, taking the bonking out of your big day. Use code vacation 15 during checkout at gonarly.com for 15% off. So we've got about a thousand feet total elevation gain right? over the whole entire thing. This is a loop course, which yep. is really nice. No right. shuttles, no nothing. You're going to park, you're going to start, you're going to finish really close to your car. That's great. But we will have gear check available right. and we'll have a loose clothing drop. Yeah. And all that, all that is going to be set up in the parking lot there next to the starting line. And it's just going to stay there. So, like, we're not okay. going to transport it across the street. Sure, sure. Uh, we're just going to leave it there. We'll have somebody there to watch over it and stuff. So, before you start the race, you can you can discard any of your gear check stuff. Um, we'll have it all set up there and ready for you when you finish. So Great. So, that's going to be really easy. And then, loose clothing drop. We've got six aid stations out right. on the course. Our typical six aid stations about every two miles. First aid station usually comes around mile three, and that yeah. first aid station is that loose clothing drop. Yep. yep. So that's the only place you can discard clothing. Yep. And we'll bring it back to that same area, so it'll be okay. put right there by the gear check when you okay. when you go back to claim your gear check. Any loose clothing that you discard uh, will also be brought back to that same location. So. Okay. Perfect. And aid stations fully stocked. Gnarly hydrate. We're gonna have that. Will be in red jugs. Water, of course. Honey stinger gels. We'll have bananas and oranges towards the backside of the course. Seven and eleven. Okay. Yep. We'll have we'll have bananas and oranges at those aid stations. And so. don't forget, we don't have cups. <laughs> don't don't have. Yeah, we are a cup free. We are race. a cup free. We've had a couple of moments in the past couple yeah. of races where people are like, "Where's the cups?" <laughs> I think it's. I think I think we've we've uh, we've acquired some new racers this past Probably. year, and I think uh, a lot of them just aren't familiar with us. You know what what a cup free race actually is. Like, yeah. So, so we, we do give out everybody that opts for it, a hydro pouch that they can run with. Um, but there's a little silicone mm -hmm. reusable cup. It's great. Yeah. But there are, but there are no cups at the aid stations. There's no cups at the finish line. Right. So if you, uh, are planning to, you know, <laughs> drink any water, which, which I highly please, recommend, please drink uh, water. Uh, I, I recommend bringing either your own hydration system or, taking our, our hydro pouch and running with it. So yeah, just make sure you have that and we'll give you plenty of fluid exactly. to stay up on, even though it's going to be a little more humid, you know, we come from a really dry climate. It's a little more humid up there. It's a little bit different, but right. you still need those electrolytes. You still need to make sure that you have your fluids in. So, but we are cup free. This is when you go back. If you've never run with the vacation races again, back to that first timer right. podcast that I was telling you about the welcome podcast. 
that's going to explain kind of all of those things. Right. So, right. Know, we are cup free. Definitely good to familiarize yourself. With that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. So we've got the course. We kind of are familiar with the course, the elevation gain. We got a couple hills on there, but you can't see Mount Rainier, which stands at 14,000 feet without seeing some hills. I mean, it's, right, it's just right. kind of, we're going to be in the foothills. This is probably the flattest course I could have found in the area. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's, thank you, Lyle. There is not anywhere else I could have found. That now, just remember, been. he did not say it is a flat course. He said no. it's the flattest one he could find. Right, So. Right. And I always find when I'm in the Pacific Northwest, the hills just come at you in a different way. Right. They're not necessarily these long, drawn-out hills. They get a little pitchy sometimes. Right. They kind of go up and down. And so it's just going to be a little bit different. But yeah. that's what makes it great. That's why we love to go to all exactly. these different places. You just got to keep in mind, we're kind of in a valley. So, like, we're Ashford is in the Nisqually River Valley. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, which is pretty amazing when you look at it from, like, a, a, uh, like Google Maps. Yeah. And when you pan out and see how close you are actually to Mount Rainier. Yeah. And as close as you are to Mount Rainier, you only get a few view spots of it throughout the whole course, which is crazy. Because you're close so you close are. to it. Yeah. Well, but you're in, but I, you're in a valley. Well, so. you have to think too. So 14,000 foot peaks. We go to Rocky Mountain National Park right. in for our Rocky Mountain National Park half marathon and 5K. And we're up at Estes Park. We're at about 77, 7,800 feet of elevation right. there. This elevation is, I mean, where do we start? We are not very far above sea level. I mean, what no. are we like? A thousand, two thousand feet, maybe? Yeah, I mean, 17, it starts at 17. 1,700 feet yeah. above sea level. That is not high elevation. No, no. <laughs> and to think that that valley that you're talking about, that Nesqually Valley, rises up to 14,000 feet above that. Right. The top of Mount Rainier is crazy. Right. I right. mean, the Rocky Mountains, you don't have that kind of gain mm -hmm. in the Rocky Mountains. You only get it there. It'll make for a, it'll make for a fun climb the next. Day I know for me. you've got you've got a long way <laughs> to think about that. I mean, it's it's really crazy. Oh yeah, because the ocean is right there. It's not right. like the fourteeners in Colorado. No. So so no. different. And that's what I love about these new races is checking out this just diverse landscape and how cool it is. Um, okay, so I think we've got all of that done. This inaugural race, we don't have any course records. Of course, a cool thing about vacation races if you set a course record. You get to come back and defend that title. Yeah, until somebody beats it. Yeah, so it's definitely worth it if you're one of those people. Are we missing anything as far as race day? Spectators. Let's talk about spectators. Uh, where are we at with that as far as COVID-19? Do we have spectators? Yeah, so spectators spectators are not being um, turned away. We are, okay. we are being cautious about the number of spectators. Um, but we aren't saying that spectators aren't allowed, but we are saying that uh, that definitely definitely um something that we want to try and discourage if possible there are plenty of view spots along the course especially along the uh mount tahoma canyon road that the course basically runs on between miles 10 and 12 mm. uh it's it's an old like um frontage road it actually reminds me a lot of our uh smoky mountain course like the oh, old wallet highway yeah, yeah. section yeah. kind of reminds me okay. a lot of that that section of the course there it's it's kind of cool and not a lot of traffic up in there. So like, you know, if you're looking for a good place to spectate on the course, like I would recommend uh, something along that road. Uh, and then of course, like I said, the finish line is always a great place to, uh, to cheer on your runners as well. But just keep in mind that that parking is going to be 
limited. So we have we have parking where all the runners are parking, and then there's limited parking for spectators at Ashford County Park as well. Okay. So. Well, and a great thing that spectators can do is use our Race Joy Tracking exactly. app. Yeah. And we've really been using that and promoting it a lot this year. And I think right. it's been a real benefit to a lot of spectators and to our runners. And so the runner has the Race Joy app downloaded on their mobile device. Spectator has it as well. Runner starts it when they start the race. It tracks the runner and then the spectators can also see where they're at. So then when you know your runner's coming to the finish line, then you can go greet them and without all that congregation. Right, yeah, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be waiting there for hours and hours yeah. for them to finish. So get that downloaded. So it's Race Joy, R-A-C-E-J-O-Y. And what's really cool about Race Joy is I was just doing some homework and getting some fun facts and tidbits of information about Mount Rainier because we load that up and it's GPS-based. So as you... Go, get to certain points on the course, you'll hear some fun messaging that's like a little tour guide of the course that we're on and a little bit of Mount Rainier history and geology. It's and, really and it's really pretty like fascinating. Colleen does a good job of researching some of these facts and stuff. So it's always very educational. In fact, I think it was after Bryce Canyon. Somebody messaged me and was wanting to know if they could get a copy of your right. recordings. Of the, yeah, because it's, they really like it's it. kind of fun. So you'll just be running along and then you'll, you know, hit a certain waypoint that we've uploaded some information and it will say, hey, Mount Rainier, this is, it has three summits and this is what they are and this is what they're called. And just to give you some fun things to look forward to while you're running. Plus you get the benefit of your spectators knowing where you're at on the course. Right. So, so it's going to be good. How's our cell phone service in this area? Do you um, know? It's not the greatest. Okay. I mean, because like I said, you're in a valley. So sure, like, sure. So it's not the greatest. There are definitely some spots. And I would imagine that on race day with all those extra bodies and extra yeah. phones down there, it probably is going to be pretty worthless on, on race day itself. But, and race but, joy does work without service. It will keep track right. of you. And when you pop into service, it will notify right. your spectators. So, but there are, there are some high spots on the course where I think runners will have great cell service. And so, okay. Good. Not, not the best at the finish, the start and finish area. Uh, again, that probably depends a lot on who your cell phone provider is right. as well. But um, I have Verizon, and it's pretty hit and miss there. So. Oh, okay. That's interesting because we were just <clears throat> up in Montana at Glacier, and people who had T-Mobile, it yeah. was like they might as well not have a cell phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> T-Mobile must not have a tower anywhere right, in right. the vicinity up there. So it, it does. It's usually one way or the other because there's yeah. been races I've been to where I've had nothing. T-Mobile's like, oh, I got full bars. Yeah, I so, feel like T-Mobile yeah. does really well on the East Coast yeah. and T-Mobile doesn't do so well once no. we're uh, out in the middle of the nowhere in the West. So right. depends on that, but you'll have a little bit of service. People are always like, oh, how do I listen to my music? Number one, do you need music? Just talk to everybody who's out there. <laughs> And if you want music, you better download, download it. it yeah. yeah, Don't try to stream it or you're going to be really, really sad right. when you go out. All right. So we've covered our aid station. We've covered all of that. We've talked about how many runners we have. It's great that um, we have a lot of veterans coming. Only about 18% of our runners. It's their first half marathon. That's impressive. So it is. And I think we're going to see a lot of our vacation races family. A lot of right. people are like, oh, this is a new race. I want to come do right. it. So I'm excited to see everybody come. It's always fun. It's always fun with these inaugural ones to to see a lot of the familiar faces that, you know, yeah. like, I, like you said, the the family that comes out there and 47 so. states represented. Wow. We got to work on those other three. I, I'm looking at the demographic here in North Dakota and Maine. I'm like, what's the deal, Maine? I, I don't know. Like that's in like North Dakota. You guys aren't that far away. No, I would think actually yeah. North Dakota wouldn't be too far yeah. away. This yeah. is what I'm really worried about though, Lyle, at the finish line is 
all of the names of the cities in Washington in the Pacific Northwest that are going to show up. And I'm going to say I'm all wrong. It's just going to happen. Let's just know right now that Colleen is going to struggle with, you know, Sammamish and Snoqualmie and Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie? What's that? It's a ski resort. I thought it was Snoqualmie. No. Oh, look at this. See this? It's already what's started. The, what's the name of the river that you run across? Sno- Snoqu- oh, the, the Nisqually. There, See, I get that go. one. There you I'm go. getting there. There you go. Good job. Puyallup. There you go. I, I told go. Lyle earlier, I can't look at how that word is spelled. I just have to know <laughs> Puyallup. Just say Puyallup because it's like P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. And it's like, who even did that? <laughs> so I'm going to do a little homework, but... It, it could be a lot of fun at the finish line. Colleen does a really good job. I've, oh, I've actually tried reading <laughs> names at finish lines before, and and it seems like it's pretty easy until you start getting 20 people all coming in at the mm-hmm. same time, and it's like, eh, blah, 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 blah. just whatever. Just get on in here and They're finish. just doing a great job. <laughs> it's, it, it is pretty crazy. Um, One thing that I wanted to hit on before we kind of jump out of here is our Spark Challenges app. That's another app that people right. should download. When we go to these beautiful places, of course, we want you to go experience them. So we have some club club hikes that we load up and some suggestions of things that you can do while you're at Mount Rainier National Park. It's all in our Spark Challenges app. So you're going to download that and then it will link up to your registration and you'll be able to see all these different things. What should we go hike when we're there, Lyle? I mean, you're going to do the summit, but for some of us who aren't going to be able to summit, what should I go do? Uh, I There's... Lots so much. Of, There's like yeah. 200 miles of trail. Right. And well, and you know, you're also like very close to Seattle and Tacoma and there's yeah. always a lot of really cool things to do there too. I mean, I grew up, I grew up there. And so like for me, there's a lot of nostalgia up right. in the Cascade mountain range and stuff. And it's like, there's really not a bad place you can go. Like it's all just beautiful. Well, um, and there's another national park really close. Olympic right, national right, park is right. not very far away. And the whole rainforest is over it's there. It's the wettest rainforest in the world. Forks. You can go on the twilight tour in Forks if you want to. Yeah, if you want to get turned into a diamond sparkling vampire. I know. I like... mean, my daughter was like, can we go out to, to Forks again? I'm like, we're not going to Forks. <laughs> Just know it's a really long drive out there to the very, peninsula. But, very long drive. But Olympic National Park is not very far. So you'll be able to do things. Spark Challenges should have information on that as, all, and, as well. And you're in Bigfoot country. Oh, so we could, go do some, we could go do some squatching. So my kids are going to stay with their grandparents who live in Gig Harbor. They're going on a Sasquatch like museum tour. Ooh. They're going to do like all of the Sasquatch sites. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Yes. I want to do that. So they're going to go. But are we going to see the Squatch though? I, That's the thing. I think there's a good chance you guys are going to get some Squatch. I mean, your beard is sort of Squatch-like. It, well, I, was, I, I'm, I aspire to great things. <laughs> so I'm trying. Trying. So who knows what's going to be there in the woods. But You just might have an encounter with a Sasquatch. No bears. They don't have bears. Well, I'm sure there's bears somewhere. Yeah, Sasquatch but... eats the bears probably. Oh, good. So, That's what yeah. they're... they're. Yeah. Okay. Or he might ride them. He might just ride on them. Now, I would like to see that. Or mountain lions. Matt Anderson, like when we log into our, uh, our video meetings, his profile picture is a Sasquatch riding a mountain lion. Matt Anderson. What a guy. So... Love that guy. Maybe, maybe... That is what maybe, maybe we'll yeah. have to see. Yeah. It'll be. It'll he is be the good. top. He is the top dog up in this neck of the woods. Oh, that's. Uh, but then they find him in like North Carolina too, and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? My kids actually watch Expedition 
no, is it, it's finding Bigfoot or there's a whole, these discovery things where the people go out and they sit in the woods till late at night with like infrared cameras on and stuff like that. And I kid you not, my kids have watched like 12 seasons. They've never found anything. (laughs) Nothing. Not a thing. It's because they're looking in. North Carolina and not in it's the Pacific true. Northwest. They're not in the Pacific Northwest. They got to go to Bigfoot country. All right. Well, we'll be there when we're there for Mount Rainier. Um, That's right. Shout out to Wander Project and those who are running with our charity bed program as well. That's awesome. And we are so grateful to have them coming down. And it's it's great to to see all of our runners. So we have uh, Nina Rusharat. I'm going to give her a little shout out for being nice. one of our cha- charity bib nice. runners. And you can always run with a charity bib at um, vacation races. So just check out Wander Project. Whenever you register for a race, that's always an option. And it goes to a great cause. Too. It really does. And and Amy, who's been working with Wander Project for the past, what? She's just a little over a year. Yeah, a little over a year. We hired her right before COVID. Yeah, so. but she's been doing such a great job. I know they're, job. they're looking at putting kind of getting their funding in order and where it's going to go and things like that. So follow Wonder Project online as well and see all the great things that they're doing. And, and they, they, we do some really awesome like service projects yeah. and stuff too that are another, you know, another way of giving back other than yeah. just monetary means. Right. Lots of different ser- options. Service opportunities. With so. Wander Project. So, all right, Lyle, did I forget anything from this? I don't think so. I feel like, I feel like we tied it up like a little bow. It's going to yeah. be great. No shuttles. Sometimes no shuttles. when I see that we have a race course that's no shuttles, I'm like... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's always what I try. Oh, my gosh. Them. Those loop courses, great for spectators, great for staff, everybody. great for runners. It's so good Just for everybody. All around goodness. It is all around goodness. So we're excited to welcome you to this Mount Rainier Half Marathon Weekend. It's going to be awesome. We will see you there in just a few weeks. And if you have any questions, of course, they can always reach out to you, Lyle. Right? Yep. What's yep. your email? Yep. Lyle at vacationraces.com. Okay. Or info at vacationraces.com. And that's Kaylee. You know that yep. Kaylee and I get confused a lot. Do you? Not because people actually know what we look like. I'm about six feet taller than she is. Not quite. Okay. 12 inches at least. <laughs> I mean, Kaylee is this cute little petite curly haired. We both have curly hair, but I'm a giant compared Hers to her. Hers is much curlier than Hers you. is much curlier than mine. Right. Kaylee helps you with everything Vacation Races. She's a rock star. People are always like, wait, are you Kaylee? No, Colleen. <laughs> I want to make sure Kaylee's getting the credit because she needs the credit. She she definitely deserves it. She definitely she works really hard. So we will see you guys in the Pacific Northwest, Mount Rainier. If you have any questions, reach out. But thank you so much once again for running with Vacation Races. And just keep it right here. We'll have more podcasts coming your way. Bye. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcasts at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.